the commitments keep on coming in two and three days yesterday a commitment from four-star d lineman jason moore last friday a commitment from offensive tackle miles walker in today's show we get the instant reaction from John Garcia Jr. He is the director of football recruiting at Sports Illustrated. John and I also discuss how USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten impacts Ohio State recruiting. This is a conversation you don't want to miss, and it's only available right here on Locked on Buckeyes. You are Locked on Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Buckeyes fans? Welcome back to the episode of Locked on Buckeyes for the Locked on Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. It is Monday, July 11th in the year 2022, and I want to thank you for making Locked on Buckeyes your first listen or first watch of every single day. On today's episode, John Garcia Jr., the director of football recruiting at Sports Illustrated, is back with us. And trust me, John and I had a fun, fun time discussing a recent commitment from Miles Walker and how two schools joined the Big Ten impact Ohio State football recruiting. And as we welcome in John Garcia Jr. back with us again, he is the Director of Football Recruiting and Locked One Insider, Director of Football Recruiting at Sports Illustrated. I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked One College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions apply. John, the last time we talked, I remember making a statement about there possibly being some guys committing to Ohio State between the last time we talked and the next time we talked. Jermaine Matthews Jr. committed, oh, I believe, on July 1st. And then, really, a few hours before you and I get together today, Miles Walker becomes the next player to, to commit to Ohio State. A big man, six foot six. I saw he is listed somewhere at 285 pounds. Ohio State desperately needs beef in this recruiting class. Yeah, 100%. You know, and this O line class is, is starting to come together with. A little bit of variance, and that's a great thing, Jay. I think you've got to build for the present and the immediate future kind of simultaneously, and I think Walker provides a little bit more balance to that conversation. He's a guy who's, like you said, very tall, uh, was pretty light as a junior. I think he was closer to 260, but has really put on good weight this offseason, and simultaneously his recruiting profile has just kind of elevated further and further, which is – not easy to do for a kid mm-hmm. from Connecticut. There's, mm-hmm. there's certainly not a whole lot of in-person evaluations in that state. A lot of the best prospects who grew up in Connecticut go to prep schools or other schools across the country. Uh, Tyler Booker going to IMG comes to mind immediately. So uh, good on him for kind of putting Connecticut on the map and good on him for having a solid junior season, but then immediately building upon it and filling out his frame so that at least physically – He's a little bit more college ready uh, the moment he gets to Columbus uh, for good. But Walker's an interesting prospect. Um, there, there are no Connecticut natives on the Buckeye roster right now, by the way. I just did a quick a quick Google. So first of all, good for Ohio State going into an area where literally they have not been in, in several years at a minimum, uh, but also good on Walker. Again, reshaping his body. 
And, and that allows him to lean on the strength of Jay, you know, big physical, uh, very much a point of attack type of offensive lineman. He does have some pass blocking experience. And uh, because he was a little bit lighter, he was kind of light on his feet, redirects very, very well, um, but can also chip and go get to the second level as a run blocker, but really strong at the point of attack. Uh, I think for him, uh, I'm sure he's been told for years, hey, leverage, we got to be lower. We got to stay on a lower plane. I do think that's an area for improvement. But look, when you're 6'6", that just kind of is a part of the deal. It just comes attached to, to being blessed uh, with that natural frame. But again, he's put in the work since that Banner Junior season, and it's paid off with an increase in national profile to the point where now he's an Ohio State Buckeye, and he's one that I think anchors uh, this offensive line group from a ceiling perspective. Long term, I think he could be one of the more high upside commitments that OSU has up front on, on the O-line. So uh, good on Ryan Day, good on uh, Coach Fry uh, and that whole crew with this recruitment because there was really no, I guess, inclination that this was a lock for Ohio State or that the Buckeyes had run away with this recruitment uh, for several weeks and or months. This is more of a recent development as far as what, what comes across my desk. So you always, you almost take for granted a, a, an elite program's ability to close in a very short amount of time. And this is another example as to why we shouldn't take that for granted, uh, because it could oftentimes be the difference between uh, a position that was considered a big need, like offensive line, and now with four O-line commits, now you view it as a strength with some variants. Again, you, you've got Severov, who's the big, massive interior guy. Now Walker pairs with him as an exterior guy who's got good weight. And then Padilla and Montgomery are a little bit lighter despite being very tall. So now you can look at them as a little bit more long-term, at least as, as they currently sit right now. So now there's variants brought uh, to, to this Ohio State uh, offensive line commitment list, and it becomes uh, another strong group. A very strong group, and Giles doing some reading about him. And you talk about how he was he was a little bit lighter during his junior season, his sophomore year. His coach, or I believe it was his head coach, or maybe strength and conditioning, said he was a sloppy two eighty. Now to say that to a sophomore in high school, that can make him be a little sensitive. You don't know how he's going to receive that. But then they saw him change and work out, and they described it as the article I read described it as rigorous workouts got him down, got him to lose some weight, and then he bulked up, and now he's put on some healthy weight there. I like the way that he's built the weight, that he's put on healthy weight and the muscle and bulked up in that way, but I look at it in a different way as well. This is something I think Justin Fry, Ohio State's new offensive line coach, heard about this story, saw this man on the field and said, well, he's already got a great work ethic. We know it's going to be a long-term project. A guy's going to be there for a, a long haul and be able to work, work once he's in Columbus but he's already working now. And this is a type of thing. This work ethic trickles down and it impacts different people on the team because if they see this man working to lose weight and then bulk up while in high school, John, imagine what he'll do once he's at Ohio state and fighting to get on the field. Yeah, 100%. You know, there's something to be said for a kid at that young of an age, let's be honest, yeah. 17, 18 years old to kind of rededicate himself to, to the weight room and to a, a diet on top of that. Even one of those things would be a big deal, but to do both simultaneously while you have to deal with, you know, making a decision in recruiting, it's not easy. So he certainly off rip has a maturity about him that that has to be admired, especially being an offensive lineman. Again, he's from Connecticut. He's the biggest, baddest dude that that is on the field every right. single Friday night. So 
nobody would have held it against him if he just kind of plateaued right. and, and stayed the same. He still probably ends up in the Power Five. He still probably ends up, you know, at a really good program. But then it's going to take that much longer for him to see the field at said program. So I do think the re rededication not only hit an apex with his recruitment, but it also allowed him to maybe not be as long-term a project as he profiles like uh, on the surface. So I do think that there's a lot of intrigue around Walker relative to some of these other O-line commitments that OSU has brought in. But like I said, you want that variance. You don't want four of the same guys, four of the same body types, four of the same skill sets. You want to almost bring in an entire unit in and of itself. And I think so far with these four commitments, OSU looks well on their way to that. You know, if, if you feel like Montgomery's the more classic left tackle, which I do between these two, and then Walker, who's a little bit more physical, boom, he's built for the right side of the offensive line. And then you've got two interior types in Padilla and Sivero uh, to complement them. So I do think this is a really strong foundational get for OSU. And he kind of puts the icing on the cake of this O-line class. You might still be after a couple more, but if it is just these four at the end of the day, I think you feel a lot better about it with Walker as as really the only true right tackle candidate in my mind uh, of these four guys. As the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are here with John Garcia Jr. He is the director of football recruiting at Sports Illustrated and Locked Orange Recruiting Insider. You kind of hit it at something that was in my mind as you close out this discussion right now about guys that might be added offensive linemen to this 2023 recruiting class. You and I talked about Samson Okanlola, then also Olas Alanen. I don't know if they're still up in the grass for Ohio State, but are those two guys at Ohio State is still? Well, I know they're probably still going after uh, right. Lola. He's still he's still like that big guy out there. But who are a couple of guys that are probably guys Ohio State can get in this unit? Well, those are the two. I mean, I, I think both of them are left tackles 100 percent of the time. 
I, I think they're headliners, uh, no matter almost you know where they go, especially in Oakland Lola's case. I think Allen has a lot of great traits as well. Both massive, both physically built for the game yes. today. You're not asking either to reshape their body, put on a bunch of weight, or even lose a bunch of weight, which is more common when you're talking about that transition from high school to college. So really, those are the two guys. It appears that Okunlola is on a bit more of an extended timeline, okay. but it looks like Allen is starting to get close to decision-making time. I know um, Miami's high on his list, Alabama's high on his list, Ohio State is high on his list. Pre some pretty darn good schools that are kind of known <laughs> For development along the offensive front, especially Miami now with, with Cristobal as the head coach. Of course, Ohio State and Bama do that at every position. Uh, so I, I think that's going to be a truly hotly contested recruitment here down the stretch. Um, but it looks like he's closer to making that call than Oak and Lola. I, I don't think any one school can grab both of these guys. Okay. Um, so if you're Ohio State, splitting you know these two with, with another school, I think would be about the best case scenario to wrap up this offensive line class. And then you bring in your your standard five offensive linemen uh, to, to go through and, and develop at their own rate. And I think that's exactly what, from all things even, no transfer portal, you're not worried about the roster. If you just said, hey coach, let's bring in an, a 2023 recruiting class. What do you want? They're gonna say quarterback, five offensive linemen, and then they're gonna start naming some numbers and positions thereafter. So you're right on the doorstep now with Walker on board of wrapping up this offensive line class. But again, even if OSU misses on both of these top targets remaining, I do think these four that are currently committed are serviceable enough to be cornerstones of the offensive line of the future. John, there is a lot going on in college football, not so much the recruiting that these schools are doing, but just the national landscape of the sport. It's been changing for going back till really the 80s when you the NCAA in Oregon and Georgia, that whole, excuse me, Oklahoma in Georgia, that whole thing that happened there with the court case. But then you're having conference realignment, which has been going on really heavily since the 90s in different spurs and different pockets, is hitting us once again. Last year, Texas and Oklahoma declared they're going to be going to the SEC. That They got accepted there. Four schools are now going to the Big 12. Now you got USC and UCLA now saying we're going to, team up with the Big Ten. It's crazy out there. But in the world of recruiting, is it as crazy as we think that this might change Ohio State recruiting with teams in L.A. being in the Big Ten? I mean, I think for almost every other team in the Big Ten, this could be a game changer. For Ohio State, they've kind of already recruited nationally, right? I mean, when the news dropped on Thursday, I was at the Elite 11, and one of the first guys I talked to was C.J. Stroud, who was there as a counselor, and he was like, Look, I'm a SoCal guy, and obviously I went to Ohio State over Georgia there in the end. So it's not like as foreign as maybe it looks like with other programs. So I do think that Ohio State's national profile doesn't change a whole lot. Now, is it a little easier of a pitch? Because now, in theory, when you're recruiting a Southern California native, you can say, hey, depending on how the schedules work and all that stuff, hey, at least once a year, we're going to be playing a game in Los Angeles, in your hometown. Is that enough to sway a recruit to your school? Probably not. But does it help with mom and dad and right. the high school coach and some others? Yeah, I think so. I think that opportunity is big. You know, 99% of kids we talk to who, who either decommit or hit the portal or any of that stuff, a lot of it has to do with geography and logistics. So I do think that is, is an element where while it, not, it might not help you finish the deal and close with a recruit, 
it could create more benefit of the doubt in, in on the front end of that process because you do know, hey, at least once or twice a year, we're going to be playing back back in my hometown if, if I'm a SoCal kid. But again, programs like Ohio State uh, have been raiding Southern California for a long time, basically since the USC dynasty wound down mm -hmm. some at this point, what, 15 years ago or so. Um, so really since that point, a lot of SoCal elites have gone to Ohio State and Clemson and Georgia and Alabama, Oregon, and, and some of these other programs, Texas, Texas A&M, Oklahoma. So I think everyone's felt like that door was already open. This will just kind of keep it open more for, for some programs that aren't as accustomed to recruiting that area. So if you're, if you're Michigan, if you're Michigan State, if you're Penn State, now I think you could start to say, well, let's dip into that side of the country because we really haven't done it consistently to this point. Ohio State has, and now they can reemphasize it. And, and again, CJ is like the poster child for that, right? I mean, SoCal kid sits a year and then boom, uh, electric sophomore season and, and Heisman hype. Uh, I think I saw yesterday he is the front runner at least from Las Vegas's perspective. Okay. For the Heisman Trophy. So I mean, that that's as good of a of a, a pedigree that you could pull from any area of the country. So for that to happen to be, you know, uh, what happened last week in terms of, you know, hey, now we're going to be in this market within the conference, I do think that adds a cherry on top and probably uh, helps Ohio State just a bit, but but again, they they've already been a top 5, top 3 recruiting program, so it's hard to imagine that getting better but it certainly doesn't hurt betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info find all of the latest sports developments league reviews and news including this year's major league baseball season bet online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information including live betting esports and scores and betonline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores podcast and news this season betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. What about this? Let's, let's turn it around a little bit. Not Ohio State going out there, but USC is a national brand. And it doesn't matter if you're from Southern California, Ohio, Florida, Texas, Pacific, Pacific Northwest, if you're from Connecticut, you know about USC. Now, you might not know all about them, the history, uh, O.J. Simpson, and all the things that have happened for decades with, with USC football, but you have probably heard about USC, known that they're one of the better programs nationally in the sport. You, you also had in UCLA, who I know this is really a basketball conversation, but that basketball like appeal to a, a high recruiting basketball, if, he, if they come to Ohio, that's going to be a, something that's going to be like, well, do I want to go to Ohio State, the school that I've rooted for my entire life, or go to UCLA and be a part of that program? That's a conversation, I think, for basketball that's going to be very, very interesting. But to me, John, you got USC coming to Ohio that they might start recruiting kids in Ohio, in Columbus, in Cleveland, and all these cities where there's a lot of really good football talent. It's not always about Ohio State going to Southern California, John. Sometimes it's about those schools coming to your backyard and trying to take your – your players out of your own town. It's a great point. And, and I think you, you talk about the flip side of it. This is a no brainer for USC and UCLA, right? I mean, from, from the UCLA perspective, they've kind of been a regional recruiting program for a long time, even dating yeah. back to the Jim Mora days, 
they didn't really go across the country as consistently, certainly compared to USC. They're a little bit more regional, stay in California, the Pacific Northwest, dip into Arizona, uh, and then maybe east towards Texas. And that's kind of it. Well, now you've got this whole Midwestern footprint that UCLA in particular can begin to try to exploit. And now the selling point is you grew up in the snow. Well, come play by the beach. And then you get to still play those teams that you know so very well, maybe even the one that you grew up rooting for. So go go beat Ohio State while you live uh, near the Pacific Ocean, uh, you know, however many months out of the year, 10 months out of the year. So for UCLA, absolute no-brainer. And, and like you said, with USC, kind of similar to Ohio State. Yeah, you already recruited nationally, so this probably enhances that ability. I think the difference is we don't see the Trojans very busy in the Midwest. Uh, so this could be a, a truly enhanced territory for that group. Obviously, Lincoln Riley is in year one there, so he's had a heck of a I would imagine a, a heck of a mental gymnastics trying to go from recruiting at Oklahoma to USC in the conventional Pac-12 footprint and now in the Big Ten, at, at least uh, you know going forward in the Big Ten. Uh, I'm curious to see how he evolves as a recruiter because even though they've been national, like I said, it hasn't really been heavy in the Midwest. When, when USC or Oklahoma would stretch, it would be in the Deep South or even the Atlantic Coast. Not so much, uh, you know, Ohio, the Chicago Metro, all of that. So I'm curious to see how that develops. Um, but yeah, I think all the, the recruits were excited when we talked to them about the possibilities. This is a huge upside look for USC and UCLA. And I think when, when we looked at it just conventionally, we say, OK, this is great for them. Elevated competition. And then academically, like UCLA is a strong academic program mm -hmm. or a school. Now, all of a sudden, you fit in more with, with some of the higher-end educational programs in the Big Ten as well. Uh, so I do think there's a fit there. Uh, but I think unanimously, recruits, coaches we talk to, media, just folks in and around the sport recognize this as an elevated level of competition for USC and UCLA simultaneously. And I think that is where um, the Pac-12 certainly feels like they are not only losing two banner programs and a huge television market, which is a big deal. Uh, but now you're also kind of admitting that, yeah, there's just better competition over here. So that's that's where we're headed, which feels like, like you said, the Big 12 losing Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC, where everyone recognizes it's a step up in competition. And this is huge for the Big 10, because now it's like quadruple confirmation that, hey, it's it's the Big 10 and it's the SEC. Everyone else Good luck trying to figure it out, but the Pac-12 is heading in the wrong direction. There's reports of ACC programs looking around. Um, so I think the Big 12, by default, becomes kind of the third major conference. So uh, they end up, because of the timing of Texas and Oklahoma, in decent shape. But really, this is once again confirming that, especially on the football front, it's about the SEC and the Big 10. And then after that, it's a whole lot of question marks. So Overall, that's very good news for Ohio State because that used to be a knock. They used to be the only Big Ten program that was in the CFP conversation. So now that's a strength as opposed to, well, how good is the Big Ten on their path to the playoff? Well, it just got a whole lot better, especially with Lincoln Riley's timing of getting that USC job. So it's fascinating. It will impact recruiting and it will certainly benefit some schools more than others. But it's definitely not going to hurt Ohio State in that brand. Last thing for you, with there being talks about the Big Ten 
potentially adding more schools. Now I heard there was Oregon, Washington. That may not that might not happen. Notre Dame is still that big fish in the pot. If you can get Notre Dame in the Big Ten, you think adding USC is huge. Adding Notre Dame is just as big, if not bigger, because that is a national brand as well. That's going to be another thing, I think, for Ohio State recruiting is if you have a school in South Bend, Indiana, which isn't that far from Columbus, but but recruits coast to coast, and now you're competing with that same school in your conference to win conference championships and to be placed seated higher and the CFP assuming things expand down the road, that's going to be a whole lot tougher for a lot of people in Columbus. A lot of Buckeye fans think Notre Dame is not that good or Notre Dame this. It's college football fans in general, not just Ohio State fans. But Notre Dame is a good football program, and they're just like USC. They can recruit nationally if they want to. Notre Dame does. That's one of those wrinkles that if Notre Dame comes to the Big Ten, John, that's going to be a great way for Ohio State to ratchet things up and crank things up because if they don't, they'll be falling and go down because Notre Dame's going to keep that thing high because Marcus Freeman knows if he doesn't get recruiting hot now, it's going to be hard to do it in two or three years. That's a good point. And look, you talk about where Notre Dame fits. You throw in the national profile, certainly the the location, and then the academics too. The Big Ten makes more sense for Notre Dame, and, and SEC fans won't like this, but if you grab Notre Dame on top of this, now, to me, the conversation starts in the Big Ten uh, because the SEC, let's be honest, very top heavy. Now, that that top is as good as it gets. Yes. But there's a lot of question marks once you get to teams, you know, five, six and seven. You start to add a, a Notre Dame, a USC to the Big Ten. And now teams five, six and seven in that conference dominate the perception of those teams in the SEC. So I do think. That would be a total game changer. Everybody knows what that Notre Dame brand is. That's an international brand, yes, if anything. Yes. So that, that would really turn college football upside down on its head. Even the fact that it's being talked about with how stubborn Notre Dame has been about Correct. remaining independent in football says a lot. There is some traction here. Now, will it be enough? Who knows? But the fact that it's being discussed every single day by college football folks, I think is a big deal. And it's certainly... Um, could really put a stamp, uh, maybe even accelerate some of this super conference conversation and some of this moving on from the NCAA conversation, which for a lot of people feels like a matter of when and not if. John, this is always fun. We have so much to talk about. The next time we have you on, I'll try to do some more. Brock, Glenn, Austin, Novasad. If neither one of them have committed yet, would love to get some of your thoughts on them. If you could let everyone know where they can follow you on Twitter and then follow a lot of things you're doing right now in this dead period, as they call it, in recruiting because people can't travel around right now. Yeah, yeah, not so dead with a lot of commitments. Uh, Dante Moore just committed today. Right. Uh, yeah, we got a lot going on at si.com uh, slash college for all your, your college needs, recruiting included. And then, yeah, we're on social media as well, at John Garcia underscore JR. And guys, you can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. Send your emails to jstevens317 at gmail.com. Always love having John on. And I know you guys are like, where are more players at? Where's more player conversation? It's coming soon. Trust me. But USC and UCLA is so hot right now. I want to get John thoughts, John's thoughts about how it impacts Buckeye recruiting. John, thank you so much for coming back on. I really appreciate it. Always a good time, Jay. Take care.